And I even had some of the speakers say they want to shramcoatize their business. And the- oh, there you go. You're it. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome back to Freedom Ocean. And I'm joined by the verb, James Shramco. <laughs> I, I had this like infographic on Facebook. It's good. Like I got, I got sh- code or something like that. I got shramcode. What, what's, what's it feel like to be a verb? It's not bad when it's said in a positive thing. I, I, it means that as a presenter, and you do this all the time, so you're pretty much like a world-leading expert on this topic. James earns millions from internet marketing. Tim's got millions of questions. Welcome to Freedom Ocean. Now, jump on in. Jimmy Jones. Timbo, I'm calling on your mobile. You are. How about we do an episode? <laughs> Very clever how uh, technology is such an enabler. Yeah, I'm using Skype where I can just dial a phone number. It's what I use when I'm overseas. Uh, you are a man. I, I thought you had a lot of 80s in you. My kids accuse me of being stuck in the 80s, but I reckon you're a man of today. <laughs> mm, I do. I really I'm think... a modern marketer. I have, yeah. have Skype and, and I'm prepared to use it. And and if any of this does go to where I've got another a little insight, which I think this internet thing will take off, and we're just proving it. You reckon the internet's going to be more than just a fad? I think it's here to stay. Uh, I mean, come on! I mean, what kind of question is that? <laughs> well, I have a vested hey? interest in it. I couldn't do what I do <laughs> now as easily, but my great grandfather was doing a similar business model to me, just doing it a little bit more manually. Yeah, right. Well, you do have a very vested interest. We both have a vested interest in this thing called the internet. And, you know, if we look at it that way, we've got all our eggs in one basket. Dangerous? No, because if the internet broke tomorrow, if we go all Mad Max beyond Thunderdome, then I think I could go and do something else, like teach market farmers how to sell more vegetables or, uh, you know, get into the, the gold bullion trading business or something. I'd love to see you go out on the land and teach the farmers because I, I reckon a flannelette shirt would become you. Flannelette shirt, pair of moleskins, R.M. Williams, with a little bit of hay just sticking out the side of the mouth, Jimmy. That's a time warp. I, I used to have flannelette shirts. I used to have a utility and I do have R.M. Williams that were well-worn, like like in those advertisements. They're literally down to stitching. Well, mate, when I, when I first met you, you were on the land. You were on on some land. I was on acreage. That's right. You were on acreage. You had snakes in the in the horse barn, and you 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 had a rifle range across the road from memory. Yeah, it was all happening. I prefer the surf, just quietly. <laughs> just quietly, yeah, yeah. It's not really that hard a decision, is it? No. Hey, you know, since we spoke last, a lot has happened and uh, it's probably time to, to do part two of our three-part series with a little side note. Yeah, well, yeah, a lot has happened. And, and like for listeners, you can go back and listen to previous episode, which I think was episode 78, in which we started to talk about one of three ways in which you could... <laughs> I say this with a smile on my face because sometimes I wonder, is it possible? Uh, You can double your income and halve the amount of hours that you work, which um, it sounds a little bit black magic-ish to me, Jimmy. What's all this about? Well, 
I put together this presentation to speak at Chris Ducker's event in the Philippines and I wanted to get the maximum impact for people and I reflected on my own situation and even since we started recording Freedom Ocean, I do work less now than ever before. Still, mate, the the last financial year was a phenomenal year profit-wise and I do think it's possible and a lot of my students are getting success. So I thought what... What would be the main things I could teach? Because I only had about an hour and I wanted to cut through. And I know that I was speaking to an audience of predominantly bloggers who are good at writing and some of them have products and information. A lot of them sell onesies, like one-time products and even worse, lifetime subscriptions. Horrid mistake. I thought you said they sold what? You say onesies or one thing? Yeah, one-time products, you know, e-books yeah. or a one-time membership. Yeah, right. That that they only get paid once, and then they're back, you know, they're back looking for that next customer, selling the hard sell. I thought I can help these people, so I'm going to just break it down. And and part one, which was as you said, episode seventy-eight at Freedom Ocean, we talked about the you part, how you can get yourself back in shape, because if you're not in shape then your business is going nowhere. So we did cover off on that. Mm -hmm. Part two is all about team. And part three, which will be in the next episode, is about your business and business model. So that's a very exciting thing. But I took this presentation and I was kind of like I read on someone's blog, so I'm just quoting someone else. It's like the unofficial favorite speaker because this cut through was so deep that since that event, I'm not joking, half the audience joined Superfast Business nice. and are learning the things that I talked about in more depth. Uh, how many in the audience? Three? 50, 50 people. 50? Yeah. <laughs> and I even had some of the speakers say they want to shram their business. And the- oh, there you go. You're Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome back to Freedom Ocean and I'm joined by the verb, James Shramko. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I had this like infographic on Facebook. It's good. Like I got I got sh- shram code or something like. I got shram. What, what's it? What's it feel like to be a verb? It's not bad when it's said in a positive thing. I, I, it means that as a presenter, and you do this all the time. So you're pretty much like a world leading expert on this topic. My oh, goal is go. to move someone from where they're at before I start to somewhere that is better for them by the end of my presentation and I felt I got the job done. It's a, it's a really, uh, it, it, we're not here to talk about that, but listeners, massive lesson. James said about three minutes ago, you know, what could he do to help his audience? And if you take that mindset when you are speaking to one person or a thousand people, it will make your life so much easier. You'll present great content. Your nerves will disappear. And if you're in that mindset of help, then you are, you're on a winner. Back to you, Jimmy. Yeah. So I wanted to move people. I was able to study the audience because I was interacting with them for a couple of days. Chris Ducker put on a great event. So the people there were highly qualified, ready to learn. It was a great format with only three speakers a day. Top marks for Chris for such a good event. So I presented this thing. Since then, I actually recorded it as an info product, gave it to my members and it's had a deep resonating impact and it's really sort of meant that 
I'm now focused so much on the subscription model as my core thing that I teach, and that's part three. Let's dig into part two, though, which is about team. And I am going to just, I'm just going to pause, uh, not a long answer, but you recorded it. So subsequently, you came back. What have you done? You've used ScreenFlow with your slide deck and just talked to your slides. Before I came back, I was still in the Philippines. Mate, you were, oh, hi. He'd gone back to his room after the concert. No, no, I went went from the went from Cebu back up to Manila. I was meeting with the managers at the Intercontinental, and I was also out in the suburbs. When I was out in the suburbs, it was very hot. It was like thirty six degrees Celsius. My computer was melting. I recorded the whole thing for an hour, and when ScreenFlow was rendering, the computer collapsed and it died. I oh, lost wow. the whole thing. No, how does it? How, how does Jimmy James handle that stuff because you, you know you're pretty cool headed. We call him the Ice Man. It's happened a few times, Timbo. You know, I just, I just take, I just do this. I think this is my opportunity to enhance it and to refine upon what I just did. I'm going to take this opportunity to make it better. So what I did, I called my computer down. I put it next to the air conditioner, let it get cool, and then I fired it up again in the air conditioned room. There's kids playing outside, dogs barking. I mentioned that in the recording to give it context. Chickens? Chickens? Chickens, roosters. Any, any roosters? Yep. Dead set next door to where I was staying is like a 7-Eleven. Someone's converted their unit into a shop. Uh, they call them Surrey Surrey stores. Like you would never be allowed to do that in Australia, but like there's always this little bell ringing mm. and kids hanging out there buying lollies and stuff. Anyway, Love it. I did it in three parts this time. I thought, okay, I'll, I'll be able to get at least a third of it out before my computer shuts down. So I recorded a third and rendered it and that locked in the recording and I was able to do a, you know, the small batch, which is one of the things I teach. And then I did part two and then I did part three and now I've separated into three parts just like we're doing on this podcast series where initially I presented it in one hit and it helps people consume it in three parts. Further proof, Jimmy, that this internet thing all is here to stay. Yeah, but it's about giving people bite-sized pieces. Like we'll literally have three episodes of this. So this core presentation has been delivered as a live presentation. Yeah, it's turned into three episodes of Freedom Motion. This is part two. It's turned into premium content for my members, mm. and I'm now able to give it away as my free opt-in bribe on superfastbusiness.com. And send out three separate emails, all of them encouraging people to learn more from me inside my community. So it's highly leveraged, but it's a great example of taking one effort and turning it into multiple lifetimes. Love it. Righto. So let's go, therefore, to step two, which is all about? It's about team. Team. Because you get a couple of hundred hours a month of your personal capacity with, without, without a team or contracted service suppliers, you just can't, you physically can't get to the stuff that you might need to get to, and especially if you want to operate a service business like I do. If you want to do a publishing business like both you and I do, we're going to need someone else to get involved with some of the parts. So someone will transcribe this episode on our podcast. They will edit it. They'll put in that cool Hawaiian sound intro and outro. They'll load it up to Amazon, wherever we host it. They will put it into WordPress on our website. We won't touch it because the team will do it. Mm-hmm. So there's only th- main, three main steps here. 
you firstly, you've got to work out of all the stuff you've got to do, all the tasks you do, and, and one exercise is to write out that post-it note, remember, and put every single task you do on a post-it note and see which post-it notes can you just curl up and put into the bin. Delete, step one. Step two is can you transfer the post-it note from you to someone else? If it's not the best use of your time, if it's something low value or it's something you're not good at, Put it from you to someone else. It could be that you hire a service. It could be that you hire a person to do it. You know, it could be mowing, having a lawnmower. It could be having someone cook for you, like uh, go to a restaurant instead of you cooking. And the third thing should be that you'll only be left with the post-it note tasks that you should do and they have to add up to less than 100 hours a month because you've got to allow for things to happen that you didn't plan for as well. Gotcha. Makes sense? I'm I'm loving the post-it note thing. Pretty simple. And 3M will love it too because you're going to become a consumer. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Do you like the branded ones or the you know the knockoffs? It's a great question and I'm glad you asked it because it's something quite close to my heart. I, I Every now and then I go the tight-ass option and go the knockoff, but the adhesive... They don't stick. Is, but, well, they either don't stick or, they're too sticky. or they stick too much. Right. And then you peel them off and it's oh, just... There's something about... The amount of adhesive in the 3M ones, that gives you just a really nice sensation when peeling. Reminds me of that John Ruskin quote, it's unwise to pay too little because you might as well provide a little bit margin for something to go wrong. And if you're going to provide a little bit extra for something to go wrong, which it invariably does, you might as well have bought the right thing in the first place. Well, exactly. And there's some other great examples, Jimmy, while we're on the topic and while we're digressing. Glad wrap versus cling wrap. Yep. I don't know whether you'd be a big user of either, but the original Glad wrap has a much a much better sticking and stretch about it. Just it's just good to use. Have you got another one? Another product where you go, you know what, I am just gonna pay those like a seven eleven sloppy. Yeah. yeah. Uh my AMG. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, versus what? Get the AMG instead of the what? The Ford. I don't know, yeah, like Commodore or something, they're, they're nice, but they're not the same. There's not even close. No, no comparison. No, I th- no, I think you should retract that ridiculous example. What are you talking about? I've, I've spent decades in this industry. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> they really are manufactured very well, and they well, they are, and they feel good, and they drive well, and they're just awesome. Well, you're right. You're right. Not everyone can afford an AMG. Everyone can afford Glad Wrap versus Cling Wrap. The Seven Eleven Slurpee. <laughs> All of our listeners will be able to afford it because they'll yeah, be correct. implementing this stuff. Like, exactly right. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> no, no, we've just, we've we've just lost that. half our audience, so we might. Have... Right. So that's such is the nature of this particular podcast. By the way, a lot of people have told me, especially people at the event, they really do like Freedom Ocean. And uh, that was heartwarming to hear that. We've got a good audience. Is that James Schremko the verb? <laughs> I thought of another one. <laughs> Telstra versus Vodafone. <laughs> well, you know, you, and, and I posted that on my Facebook yesterday, which you kindly replied to. But um, boy, oh boy, overwhelmingly Telstra. No question. They, they, they have a complete monopoly and they have fantastic <laughs> network. One of my clients paid us to set up an entire class action website against Vodafone. Wow. Like, there's a lot of unhappy people out there. I used to work for them, by the way. Now, let's get back Vodafone. to it, mate. So we're talking about team. Yep. At what point are you going to use the cliched quote? 
there's no I in team. But there's a me in team. There is. So I don't use that cliche. Uh, uh, not so much a cliche guy anyway. I'm far more contrarian for that. <laughs> you want to be the conductor of the orchestra up there waving the stick and let you know hire the musicians, get them playing the beautiful stuff. You can't run around playing every instrument, or if you do, you know, you're using like some eight track, it's going to be very labor intensive. And the cool thing is you can even train someone up to be the conductor and step back from the whole thing. You can actually sit in the audience watching it. And that's kind of where my service business is getting to, where the managers are so good at conducting the orchestra that I'm just listening to beautiful music. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty sweet spot to be in. I wonder how many, I don't know the answer to this, how many of our audience just hear that and go, yeah, right, good luck with that. Is it too, is it too much a pipe dream? Being the conductor isn't. Sitting in the audience and uh, watching the conductor make that. I don't know. That's a real business is when yeah. when you're not doing all the jobs. Yep. I'm sure the exercise we just talked about, most people are doing most of the tasks in their business at the level that, that uh, people are listening at. A lot of people, and I mean, your whole audience is pitched at small businesses. So that kind of implies they don't have massive teams. Well, yeah, and it's like then it raises the question, why? You know, and and it could be, I don't know how. Well, if you listen to this show, you know, we've talked a lot. I'll tell you why. Most people suck at managing, Correct. building, like they suck at hiring, delegating, and leading a team. Control freaks. Yeah, they want to hang on to all the jobs, only they can do it, uh, just this one time, well, or they don't oh, know the next few things that I'm about to share with you. Well, I think the uh, nature of a small business owner, too, is that they've given birth to something that they're passionate about, an idea or whatever it is they've brought to market, and they feel very responsible for it and, and want to control it and occupy uh, it. Yeah, that's one side. But if they're really passionate and they care a lot about their business, wouldn't they want to share it with more of the world and leverage it more than just being small time? Yeah. Yeah. Like think about McDonald's, you know, the McDonald's brothers were making pretty good burgers back in the day, but Ray Kroc. Crocs. Croc took it out there. Uh, yeah. Like they could have been, yeah, just make some cool burgers with a little little process of, um, you know, production line and, and drive through yeah. and stuff. But, you know, now you could get the fine stuff in any country. <laughs> what am yep. I talking about? But anyway, scaling yep. it out to the, the market a bit with a team. Like I can't serve as many people as we do without a team. We have – 46 people in our business and they're awesome and we serve hundreds of people and the byproduct of creating value is actually wealth you know not just money wealth but a, a good feeling of supporting not not just our team but all the customers that we have they support customers because we deal wholesale with a lot of our services so we're actually helping hundreds of people by letting that idea grow beyond just me and when it started it was just me doing two customers' websites. I found the old proposal in my garage the other day. I'm clearing out again. And I found my first services proposal from well, 2008 or something or seven. And, you know, it's really grown a lot from that by just hiring and training. And, and the, the reality is with a team that's gone on more than five years now, five and a half years, you don't have to be that involved with it if they know what they're doing. Jimmy, what was the game changer for you in implementing this mindset of team? You know, where was, can you think back and go, yeah? I remember, I remember. It was like three in the morning. I was in the, I was starting to shiver because I'd run out of energy because dinner was like 9.30. It had worn off. 
I start, my body used to start to shake 2.30, 3 in the morning, and that was time to go to bed because it gets really cold at night. Yeah. And you know, I'm there in my hoodie, and it's just me. And I'm by day, I'm a general manager on, on like a $300,000 package with 70-something people running around doing all the work, and I'd almost made myself redundant in the business. By night... This is when you're at Mercedes. Yeah, by night it was me, just me, struggling to make two or three grand a month from affiliate commission from my first real business model that stuck. I was probably up to about yeah, three to five grand a month. And I was just thinking, how it's so cruel. Like by day, I'm, I've got this, this whole team. I've got all the systems. Everything's in place. By night, I do every single job in the, the business. And I remember Rich Sheffren put out a mind map and it had like mm. all the different roles in a business and it had you written on every one of them. You, 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 you. I'm thinking that's so true. And the first thing that I did is I actually did a logical mm. calculation. I worked out that I was doing like three bonus claims a day. It was something like $150 a day, something like that. Three bonus claims a day and that was like uh, fifty dollars each, hundred and fifty dollars a day, thirty days in the month. It's like you know five grand, and I worked out that I could hire someone for a thousand bucks a month to fill those three things a day, and then that meant that I didn't have to log in, check the guy's order, send them the thing manually. I knew that I'd still have a profit, and that I could f- spend the same time that I was doing that mm-hmm. on moving forward, which is getting traffic, writing articles, putting stuff up. And then the next step was in my day job at the Mercedes dealership, I actually bumped into Kerry Finch and she was the temporary receptionist filling in for someone. She was like a tour operator slash temp. Mm-hmm. And uh, she uh, she was very, very good. And I asked her to help me. Uh, I gave her a job description for that role because we need a full-timer. And I said, could you just check this, tell me if it's accurate? And she came back to me in just like a minute or two and said, oh, here you go, I've made a few changes. And it was really good. And I said, oh, why are you doing this? You should be writing articles for Americans for $10 US per article from home in your tracksuit pants and Ugg boots. And she said, tell me more. She did. And and I said, well, here you go. She knew, you know, I told about (laughs) the Warrior Forum and article marketing and SEO. and, And she goes, if this is so good, why aren't you doing it? And I said, you know, watch this space. I will be. And then I hired Kerry to write my articles. And she's gone on to be very successful in this business. And and she's got her own team of article writers. And she's now been the conductor of the orchestra. And she's passed the six-figure mark. I'm so proud of what she's done applying this idea. And her doing the articles meant, okay, well, that's one less thing I've got to do. And I did the calculation again. If I do this many articles... If I pay for them at, say, $10 each, if I do batches of 10, I'll say I pay $100, will I sell two Excite Pro softwares from 10 articles up there on my website or on eZine? And I just, it was a return on investment decision. So once I got support and articles, then I was able to leverage myself and do better stuff like really master paper click advertising and work on my sales copy so that I could convert more people who came to my pages, etc. So it's really about trading up the level of activity that I was doing. Yeah, right. And like everyone else listening to this, 
I knew that I should have done it, but I didn't because it was being tight with the money. Well, there's tight with the money. There is where do I find these people? There is how do I train them so that they do as good, if not better job than me? There's how do I keep them busy? Well, the, the other thing is I was making revenue by this stage, right? Here's the big thing. I was already making money by this stage. And here's the big thing. The biggest thing you've got to work out is what can you sell that converts? Don't worry about traffic. Don't worry about all these business models and that. To start with, you need something that people can buy that you get paid for. Once you find that, that is the, that's the major needle in the haystack. Once you've got that, you can build from there. But without that, you've got nothing. So there's no point building a blog that gets a lot of visitors but no one buys anything. There's no point promoting products no one buys. You've got to find what you can promote that people will buy. And for most experts, it's pretty easy because they're probably already buying something from you anyway. It's just a repackaging thing. Uh, if you're not an expert, you could find an expert and be the marketer and work off their expertise. But the whole point is once you find something that converts, you're not going to be able to scale past a certain point unless you build a team. Even if you're a speaker like you, you could have a travel agent doing all the bookings. You could have a bookkeeper entering all the receipts. You can have a content wrangler taking all your presentations and transcribing them and turning them into blog posts and featured posts on other people's sites. There's a lot of things that you could build a team around, even if you're a sole expert and you still need to trade your time for money in a way. Mm -hmm. Do you think you need to identify only those things that are, in doing so, going to create income? I mean, some of those things for me, is it all about income or is it like some of those ideas you suggested then? Oh, it depends what result you want. Yeah, well, that's right. So, so they'll build an audience. Like, remember the context of this. I'm talking about how you can make twice as much money in half the time. So you're going to need leverage and the way that, that you, you score on that is effective hourly rate. Yep. Right, effective hourly rate. We covered it in the we previous did. episode. Is the best way to keep track of that. So, if you're doing a two dollar an hour activity, or in my case, if I'm writing articles, which and I can't type, and I'm not a great writer, someone like Kerry for ten dollars was pumping out a fantastic article. I just trade money for a result instead of my time. Yep. So I got my time back and then I could make more money yeah. back than what I spent. Yeah. Then I'm ahead. Love it, Jimmy. Uh, so let's talk about it. The, the other thing is you start documenting everything that you do, standard operating procedures. So even if you're doing every task, write it down in a checklist format so that someone else could pick it up and follow it. So this is what I had this discussion with Kerry. I said, okay, well, this is what an article is. Uh, this is how you write them. This is about how long they need to be, like you have 500 words. They'll have an introduction. They'll make a point. They'll argue it. They'll maybe put a contra point, and then there'll be some kind of summary or action step or call to action. At the end, we get to put our bio line, which is where people click, and we want to use particular keywords. So you write it down as a checklist. She'll take notes and write it down as a checklist. That is now a standard operating procedure, just like in a hospital nurse or a, an airline pilot's going to use. And then you can move on from that task. And when I'm giving my team something that I used to do that I don't want to do anymore, which was the entire OTR process, I documented it all as an SOP. Even yesterday, I gave a task to one of my team members and all I did is a screenshot with a description of what I'm doing and I said, could you do this now? 
and she went and probably spent hours on it, and I spent about one minute giving a standard operating procedure. Where do you house all this stuff, Jimmy? We're talking inside my forum at the moment about uh, use Google Docs. It's really simple. Yeah, Google Docs, easy to share with your, your team. You can give them all an email address for the company and share it with the email. You can even share it with a group. So if you have yep. a web team and it's a standard operating procedure for all of them, just share it with the web team or the SEO team or the support team. And also within your help desk, if you've got a support team, you'll be able to use macros, which are pre-written responses. So that's a nice way to, to get some standard responses and they'll also have their own SOPs in Google Docs for how to handle this or that. You know, someone's credit card fails or they want to change from monthly to annual subscription. It's all documented step by step. Yeah, yeah. Do you let your team edit those, those standard operating procedures? They create them most of the time. I don't even see 90% of the SOPs in our business. I don't want to know about it. They know the first SOP is whenever we do something more than once, we create an SOP. That's the first SOP. The, the second SOP is that uh, when we train people, we cross-train, we're basically cross-training them. Every single person has a backup person for their job. And we've even got SOPs for if someone needs a loan, like their computer dies, we've got an SOP for if they qualify or not, how much we could lend, what would the term of repayment be, uh, how much is the maximum, et cetera. There's SOP for anything that happens more than once. Do you have personal SOPs, Jimmy? I reckon you have. Something like, you know, uh, how to get the surfboard serviced or... Uh, yeah, uh, and a lot of them I'd call habit because I yeah. do them so often. Uh, yeah. But yes, I do have personal SOPs. I keep them in a different place than Google Apps. I actually use the Reminders app on Apple because they're just <laughs> for me and I'm not sharing them right. with anyone. Uh, I'll give you an example of some of my SOPs. Yeah. You and I went through one on, yeah. on a episode. It was how to set up a mastermind. Oh, yeah. Remember that one? I do. That was a business one, though. That wasn't personal. Uh, okay. Well, let me see. I'll see if I can find something that's not not business. Oh, that's a tricky one. I reckon you're, you'd, you'd get to the point where you would – because you could geotag those notes on your iPhone, can't you, so that when you walk past somewhere, you can say, hey, remind me to do this. Oh, man, you're getting a little technical. I'm a simple guy, Timbo. Oh, come I'm on, dude. I tell you, mate, internet, it, you need to embrace it. It will – it's catching. So, you know, don't say I'm getting technical. I'm just, I'm just part of okay. – I used to have SOP written up on my whiteboard. It was stuff like eat, drink, sleep by nine, two coffees, and create one piece of content. Uh, you're not only a verb, you're a machine. But I've made my life habit. I've made, made routines. Routine sets you free. And my routine is like I'll surf every day. I'll have a coffee in the morning. I will, uh, I've got my scheduling tool so that my calls fall within the times that, that are the best for me. And, and uh, then I've got my days off where I can read and do other stuff. All right, let's talk about – there's only two more things I'll share. Right? Right. So first, the next one is um, I'll just talk about Slack because Slack is the tool that glues our business together. It replaces email. It replaces Skype. And it's a great place to run project management for small tasks. So that's how I communicate with my team. So you just need to be clear here, Slack is an app, isn't it? It's an app. It works on anything. So after we finish this recording, I will just drag the file into the Dropbox that my team use for needs editing. That's what it's called. 
And then I'll go to Slack to my Octopus group, which is our publishing group. And I will say uh, Freedom Ocean 79 and it'll be uh, three steps to double your profit and halve your work hours part two. And then I'll put a picture from one of the slides from the presentation and basically that's it. I'll just say just loaded Freedom Ocean episode and it'll, they'll go to the folder that, that we'd go to, the needs editing folder. It will be named exactly how it should appear on the post and it will have the audio recording for your side, my side and a picture. And I won't see it again until it goes live on Freedom Ocean. There will be a for approval Slack channel and they'll actually post the headline bullets, title, meta description, and any other things that are relevant. And if I want to change it, I just cut cut and paste back the changes. If I don't want to change it, I don't say anything or, or I could say okay or just leave it. It will get automatically published within 24 hours of being posted there if I don't change it. Is, is that all within Slack? Yep. The way we use Slack is very clever and it's a great tool. It's it's really hard to see why it's so good before you use it, but if you use it, you'll never get someone to stop using it. It's an incredible tool, and you can use a free version. It's pretty new, isn't it? I don't know how new it is. Um, Dan Norris was talking about it quite a while ago, but most businesses mm-hmm. are running on it these days. It's it's a phenomenal tool for a remote team, but you can also use it as a personal to-do list there's a thing called a slack bot and that's where i store things like the color palette for my website or a a link to a page where say a a live event page that i want to look at later i can just store things there Mm -hmm. and you know so it's it's a pretty cool tool i i recommend it what's the um just just so the penny completely drops for listeners the thinking behind the word slack because i haven't i haven't looked at it uh and i try to why is it called slack Got no idea. Uh, it's a whole, you know, it's just. A I just was hoping it was kind of simple. It's like an anti-verb for what you'd want people to be. Yeah. Maybe it's not an. Maybe that's just an Australian thing about you know people being slack. But there's another thing, you know, taking up the slack. Yeah. 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 So maybe it just pulls everything together. Yeah. No. I don't know. You'd have to. You should do an interview with whoever created that. They're geniuses. Now, Jimmy, what's the last one, mate? Batch sizes, small batch sizes. What do you mean by that? Okay. If you, what you do when you brew craft beer. If you're going to cook a wedding cake and you've got all you know, like a billion eggs and all the sugar and flour, whatever, what you might do is mix it all up, a small batch, and make some little cupcakes and cook them and just taste it and see if it's right. And then if you feel it's right, cook the whole damn lot because you've tested it. It's like what happened to me when I recorded my info product. My computer cooked and I lost a whole hour. If I'd just done it in three separate modules, I would have got the first one out, checked it, and then the second one, and then the third. And if I'd, my computer cooked, I would have only lost the last module. And I've seen people do this all the time. Like they'll send off work to their team. They'll say, oh, uh, you know, cut these up into pieces, put some music on them, and then load them into the membership. And they come back and they go, hang on, uh, you know, we can't use ACDC, right? Because it's like royalty protected. And they go, oh, okay. And they're like, oh, we have to redo the whole thing. It'd be like doing an entire website and then going to the customer and saying, what do you think? And they go, I hate it. I hate it. Instead, we do a, a, a mock-up, like a design study and say, well, here's, you know, here's a, a color board or here's the, the, um, 
here's the mock-ups of what it might look like when it's done. And they can be yeah, like this, but with this font or that color there. And you, once you get the wireframe done and the mock-up, then you can say, yep, sign off on that. Now we'll spend 30 hours coding it into WordPress, but not before we get a sign-off on this small batch. Gotcha. Gotcha. So the, the short answer is break projects into small pieces and do little test pieces first with your team. That's the best way to train with them is to say, look, go away and do the first part of this and come back and show me. And then when they do that, you can say, perfect. Okay, do the rest like that. Or, oh, hang on, maybe I didn't explain myself properly. Do this and do that. Go away and do this and come back. So small batch sizes will avoid huge errors and, and a lot of rework. Yeah, okay, love it. Jimmy, that's uh, great stuff, mate. So, listeners, pretty much the end of part two of a three-part series on how to double your income and halve the amount of working hours. Part one was all about yourself. Uh, part two was about team. And part three sounds like it's going to be about the business model that you choose to adopt in your business. Is that right, Jimmy? A little bit of a teaser? It is. It's about your business and, and how you're going to approach it. I'm, I'm going to... Talk about Keep your powder dry. the profit formula. Yeah, I'm going to talk about the profit formula, but in particular, where we need to focus on that because it's not enough just to know it. You could waste a lot of time in the wrong parts of it, and I've, I've really cracked this one big time. I'm like, this is where the, the big power comes at the end, like bang. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Love it. Well, Jimmy, I'm honoured. Congratulations on, on the whole bird thing. Uh, you should go and celebrate tonight. <laughs> yeah. uh, just what, really, well, let your hair let your hair down if you had any. What would your verb be, Tim? What would the t- what would doing a timbo mean? You'd be timboed. Um, I don't know. Maybe the <laughs> listeners could uh, leave a comment in the show notes. Uh, be nice. I have a very thin skin, but uh, clearly um, it's something we should all aim aim to be, which is a verb. Jimmy, that's been great to chat, mate. Always love it. And, um, yeah, thanks for being available for us, and especially on on your mobile on the road. and uh, cruising into town. It's uh, wonderful you can share this time with us, and hopefully we'll be back soon. All right, this is it's, uh, another episode of Freedom Ocean. Head over to freedomocean.com and uh, leave a comment. We read them all, and James responds to them. See you next time. <laughs> See you, Timo. Thanks for diving into the Freedom Ocean with James Schramko and Tim Reed. You've just come that little bit closer to living the life you choose. Please keep in mind that the ideas, opinions, and information shared in the show are those of the hosts and do not reflect those of their past employers. And as far as future employers go, well, they're both pretty much unemployable. (laughs) 